Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... God has a very strange way of doing accounting that he's going to credit you for your generosity. Now, this idea of giving and receiving that's taught here is also taught in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, also taught in Romans chapter 15. And the idea is that when you and I receive spiritual gifts from the ministry, we then meet that gift with material gifts to the ministry. In other words, it's a two-way street. Most everyone, when asked, wants to be generous, but we often fear that we won't have enough to survive. In today's message, Pastor Jim will teach us about a poor church that was rich in generosity. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim in the book of Philippians chapter 4 with his message entitled, Joyful Generosity. Today we are going to talk about one of the most common things that people ask me about as a pastor. And not only is it something that a lot of people ask me about, but I think we have to be honest that most of us struggle in this area, and it is the area of a Christian and their money. Now, some people say church is all about the money. If you're a guest, you're thinking, well, this church must be all about the money because that's what you're talking about. We're going through books of the Bible in order, so this is where we are right now. And I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, some churches are all about the money. And it's terrible, it's sinful, and if you're ever a part of a church like that, you need to run, because that is absolutely the wrong thing. Yet on the other side, let's be fair, that every good cause that's out there, and there's a lot of good causes that are out there in the world, both Christian and not Christian, that every cause needs money to do the mission that they want to do. You know, one of the things that I talk with a lot of young people about, and it's such a worthy cause is sex trafficking. Terrible, terrible thing. But it's going to take a lot of money to fix that. It's going to take a lot of volunteer time. It's going to take a lot of things for people to risk in certain areas. So every good cause is going to need resources. And we've said before in various times in the scriptures when we come across talking about money, that money is too important a subject for God to ignore. It's just way too important. You know, Jesus said, you cannot serve both God and money. And so we need to be very much aware of a lot of people, money is their God. For many years, we had the picture of the father knows best kind of family where dad was working nine to five and then it became nine to six and nine to seven and nine to eight. And then it became the age of the yuppies. You know, the workaholic dad gave way to the workaholic couple. And just people just working so much to get a bunch of stuff that honestly, you can't take it with you when you go, can you? And so there's a lot of stuff that needs to be sorted out by God's people. And money says a lot about our faith. Money and how we handle the money that God gives us says a lot about our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And money and generosity, just like the way we think and we live are big indicators of our understanding of the grace of God 
and big part of our understanding of the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made on the cross in our place for our sins because ultimately he made the most generous sacrifice that anybody could ever make by giving his life for us. So here in Philippians chapter four, as we've been saying, the apostle Paul is writing from jail. He's closing a letter to this church in Philippi, which is in Northern Greece. He's hundreds of miles away. Most scholars think that he's in Rome, but he can't get to them anyway, no matter where he is. He founded the church 10 years ago. And so he's sort of writing a thank you letter for a financial gift that they sent to him because back then when you're in prison, you had to pay your own way. Last week, he told us while he was under arrest, he said, I'm a contented man. We talked about contentment. And he said, I'm not content because of the gift that the Philippian church has sent to him. He's not content because of his personal circumstances. He was content in his relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But now in what I would call great pastoral wisdom, the apostle Paul was also pastor Paul, he begins to explain to the Philippian church that he's full of joy for this reason, that the gift says something profound about the giver. We think of Jesus on the cross. It says something profound. That gift says something profound about the giver, and it says something profound about the Philippian church. And as we said last week, the Philippian church was a rather new church, about 10 years old, like we are. They were a poor church, but like their savior, they modeled what we're calling the title of today's message, joyful generosity, joyful generosity. Now here at Calvary Chapel, this particular Calvary Chapel, most of them go through books of the Bible verse by verse. And we sort of have a pattern here that we've been doing. And and basically it goes like this. If you've come to our Wednesday night Bible study, we try to cover a lot of ground. Notice I qualified by saying try. We try to cover a lot of ground. And on Sundays, we tend to go slower and just pick up little bits and pieces here. So we've been going slow through the book of Philippians. Had we been doing it on a Wednesday night, it would have probably been somewhere between two and four messages. So we're going after the little nuggets of truth that are, if you will, in every few verses. There's a pitfall to that, though. One of the pitfalls is we forget the whole flow of the book, which is one of the reasons why I'm constantly going back to some things that we already heard. In chapter two, we heard one of the most amazing things that is in the entirety of the Bible, the God himself became a man. And in the ultimate humility, he came from heaven. He who was rich, heaven, spiritually rich, became poor, came to earth, the Bible says, okay, so that we, the people who would trust in him, could become rich and share in the riches of heaven. And then after that, he said that because of this, he told us, Philippians chapter two, verse 12 and 13, he said, work out your salvation, the salvation you already have, with fear and trembling. Why? He said, because God is at work in you. And generosity is one of the ways that you know that God is at work in you because you find yourself being increasingly, as a Christian, less selfish and more generous as God continues to work in your heart. So let's keep that as our backdrop as we go into this study about what he's telling us today. If you're taking notes, there's gonna be four points that we wanna look at today. And the first one is the fellowship of generosity. The fellowship of generosity. 
Now, everything begins with F, so that's why I said fellowship instead of partnership. So if you're wondering, where does he come up with this stuff? So I'm trying to remember it because I'm always up here trying to remember everything. (laughs) And so the fellowship of generosity. Now, fellowship is a word that Christians throw around a lot. You know, I always joke, it's two fellows on a ship and they're just having a good time. And so what is fellowship? Fellowship is the companionship that people who are family, that have trusted in Jesus Christ come into the family of God that they share with one another. It is a bond that they have with one another and a bond that they have with the Lord. Turn back a couple pages to chapter one and let's look at verse three through five. The apostle introducing the letter says this. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with all joy for your fellowship in the gospel, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, what he has done for sinners from the first day until now. So fellowship is one of those words we used to say, you know, come have fellowship in the cafe after service and people always wondering what we were talking about. Fellowship is a word used to describe the bond that we have, living life together that we have as part of a church, part of God's family. It's also an evidence of fellowship with God. Jesus prayed for this in John 17. And one of the things that is included in our fellowship is our generosity. So let's look at chapter four, verse 14. He says, nevertheless, you have done well. You want my own to bank that statement there for a second, that you shared in my distress. Some of your versions translate it this way. It was kind of you to share in my trouble. Verse 15, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, meaning the beginning when he brought the gospel to them, the Philippian church was the first church in Europe that the apostle Paul visited, okay? But the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, that's where the Philippian church was, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but only you, Some of your versions translate it this way, by giving blessings and receiving them in return. We're gonna talk about that for a second. It doesn't mean that you, you know, those guys on TV, they say, you know, if you give $1,000, you get $10,000 back. That's not what he's talking about. Verse 16, for even in Thessalonica, you might wanna jot down in the margin of your Bible, Acts chapter 17, the apostle Paul came to Philippi, you know, his usual thing, told people about Jesus, got beat up or got arrested or got arrested and got beat up. That's, you know, sometimes a little variety in how it went. And then they told him to stop doing that. And he goes, well, I can't do that. I have to obey God rather than men. And then they would set up a church and then he would move on to another place. And so after he set up the first church in Europe was in Philippi, he moved to the area of Thessalonica, approximately a hundred miles away. He says, for even in Thessalonica, you send aid once and again for my necessities. The idea was that he went down to preach the gospel in this other place and that they were continually sending money at different times to help him in the mission of preaching the gospel. So this is very important. When he's thinking back to originally Acts chapter 17, he's recalling that time 10 years ago, they were a brand new church. They were brand new Christians. They had never heard of Jesus, really. Maybe a little bit I'd heard about him, but they never really heard about him. They were a brand new church, and they were also a poor community. And here the apostle says, listen, when I commend you that you understood right from the beginning that the Lord finances the mission of the gospel through the giving of his people. That's how he does it. 
That's how he does. That's how a local church survives. You know, everybody thinks like, well, where does the money come from? Well, it comes from the people in the seats next to you. There's no magic place that sends us money. You know, you call up in Calvary Chapel. The big joke is, this is how we start our churches. They give you a Bible and a prayer. And we all go, you got a Bible? Like, we don't even get a Bible. They just send you out and they're like, well, if, you know, if God's there, you'll, a church will come. And if he's not, well, come on back. We love you, man, right? And so that's kind of really the way it is. And God finances the local church by the offerings of his people. And then a church needs to reach outside of its four walls, right? And reach into other areas to give money to the mission of the gospel. So we have missionaries that we support in a whole line of different things that we do and some providing food and water and we will tend to partner with people that are also preaching the good news. Missionaries, Bible college teachers, all kinds of things where money from this place, money that you give, if you give money, is going out to the world to make a difference in the things of the Lord. And many of the people here, they give money to this church and they participate with other mission organizations as my wife and I I do as well. And that's a wonderful thing. So this is how God, through the offerings of people, this is how God finances the mission. Might I add, no time for it today. This is also one of the ways God trains his children, that he trains his children in trusting him with the use of money. Now in his grace, God allows all of us to participate, to be part of the work of spreading the good news of Jesus Christ all across the world. So you will meet people in heaven that as a result of your giving and then the money going from this church out into other parts of the world, they have become Christians partly because of the money that you gave to them. Now you say, well, how much of a difference could I make? I don't really have much money. The Philippian church was poor, right? And we're gonna see in a second that God has a very strange way of doing accounting that he's gonna credit you for your generosity. Now this idea of giving and receiving that's taught here is also taught in 1 Corinthians chapter nine, also taught in Romans chapter 15. And the idea is that when you and I receive spiritual gifts from the ministry, we then meet that gift with material gifts to the ministry. In other words, it's a two-way street. And I'm in total belief that pastors should give money. So I totally believe that. My family, we regularly give money to the church. It should be a two-way street. Why? Because I receive a spiritual benefit from you. I do. I do. And so therefore, I need to contribute to the mission of this church, not only that what we're doing here, but as we reach out in other different ways. The Apostle Paul says here, listen, hey, Philippian church, other churches didn't give, but you did. You didn't have any money, you were poor, you were just starting out, you were new Christians, nobody said, well, you're new, you don't have to give anything. No, you generously gave. And what I love about this is, it's clear when somebody's new, and when somebody doesn't have any money, that is giving from the heart. That is nothing else but sheer gratitude. At least I hope it's not guilt. I hope it's gratitude. But this is what I love about the Philippian church. And what I think is the apostle's heart here is you gave to people a hundred miles away, which is like us giving to people thousands of miles away. You gave to people that you don't even know. You gave to people because you know you might not even meet them until heaven. You see, that's one of the things, guys, I love about the potential that we have here as a church with the radio station. I just envision people that we will never meet 
even though they might live in the next town. We will never meet them, but someday we'll meet them in heaven and they'll say, you know what? I used to listen to your guys' radio station all the time. I thought God forgot me. And then I turned into 107.9 and I realized he didn't forget me. And you know, I kept saying I was gonna visit your church, I was gonna visit your church, but I never did. But man, what a difference you guys, Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills made in my life. Serving and loving and giving to people we don't even know. You say, well, how do I get there? How do I get there? I love the way the Apostle Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And you know, interesting, the church in Corinth, they had money. The Corinthian church had money. And the Apostle Paul wouldn't even take their money. He was like, you're a bunch of cheapos. I don't want your money. Keep your money. And so what does he say, the cheapo rich Corinthian church? He tells them about the Macedonian churches, about the church of Philippi, and he gives them what I think is perhaps the biggest key to financial freedom for a Christian. He says this, they gave themselves to the Lord first. You see, that's what it was about for these poor people. They gave themselves, they gave everything of who they were to the Lord. And then he says, they gave themselves to the Lord first and then they gave to us. See, by giving to the Lord first, giving to other things becomes a joy. And so they were free, they were free. Matthew 6, 21, Jesus says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, those of you in the business world, if you've ever been audited by the IRS, what a pleasurable experience that is, right? Or you know this in the business world, there's an expression that we have. We say this, the checkbook doesn't lie. The checkbook doesn't lie. If you wanna know where the money goes, look at the checkbook. If we wanna know how financially free we are, all we simply need to do is we need to look in our checkbook. And generosity is a big indicator of our spiritual health. Generosity in a church. You know, a lot of missionaries are really hurting for money these days. And when you, and you say, well, that's because, you know, all the little churches probably can't give any money. Most of them will tell you, no, it's the big churches who cut us off. Why? Big churches, big mortgage. And so what do they do? They start cutting all the costs that they can when the giving goes down. And where do they start? They start in places where the people in the church won't see it. So if we cut a missionary off for financial obligations that we can't meet and paying our own bills, paying our rent, paying our utilities, paying our staff, it's easier for us to say, you know what? We're gonna cut other missionaries in other parts of the world because you know what? Nobody's gonna see that. But when we start cutting our own thing, people see that. And that's the way a lot of churches think and a lot of churches operate. We plan to build, I contacted all the missions organizations that we were involved with, all the missionaries. And I said, hey, I wanna tell you, we're doing a building program. And there's just silence on the other end. He was like, oh, here it comes. Honey, here it comes. <laughs> and I said, and while we're doing this building program, I want you to know we're gonna double the amount that we're giving you because we're trusting God to raise all the money for this addition to our church that we're gonna pay in cash. So we're gonna say to the Lord, we're gonna be more generous with our missionaries and trust God to raise the cash to do this. And by God's grace, every addition we've done, we've done three building projects and we have paid cash for every single one. And you mark my word, we will pay cash for that radio station because I believe that God wants it built and I don't care what it takes. We will do it. We will do it because I believe that God chose us from all the other applicants 
that we were going to be the people to do it. And so we have to call our missionaries and say, we're building a radio station. Good news for you, right? We're going to increase the money that we're going to give you. We're going to take a step of faith and we're going to say to God, right, you're going to do this. It's a big indicator of the spiritual health of a church that they are a generous people. But there's a real downside to it, friends. If you don't give money, it's a real indicator to you that your soul is in trouble. No matter how little or how much you might have. And here's one thing I've learned from all the years of being in the ministry. When someone stops giving money to the Lord's work, it's usually three to six months before they're out of following the Lord. Because what happens? Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart also. When your treasure begins to be all for yourself, it's an indicator that your heart is all for you. I just want to share for a couple moments just some personal notes of gratitude and thankfulness to this church for the generosity of so many of you. But I want to tell you this. I am with the Apostle Paul here. It's not your money. It's your partnership. It's your fellowship. It's the fact that together we are shouldering the costs of the ministry here and we are helped shouldering the costs of so many other people uh, throughout the world as they are taking the gospel to people. Also, your consistent generosity is a reminder to me that God is in this thing we call Calvary Chapel Morris Hills and that most or some or all of you, I hope, are in it too. Remember Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 said that he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Your joyful generosity is a sign to me that God is at work. It is a sign to me that God is faithful to do what he said. That's why I have to give because I am blessed by you, right? And I pray that you are blessed by the work that God is doing here but really pay attention to what's at the beginning of verse 14. Some of you, this is so far from your thinking. This is so far from my thinking. I really needed this one concept. And if you don't get it, God's gonna do it more than once in this message. He says right here at the beginning of verse 14, he says, you have done well. You have done well. And this is a whole series of messages by itself. So don't worry, I'm not gonna do it, right? But so many Christians think they can only be displeasing to God. I just don't get that. This is one of those things that I'm at pains with God about. Just like, God, I'm explaining this week after week after week. And it just doesn't seem like people are getting it. See, there's a whole group of the church that says, you know, you can't be displeasing to God. And my answer to that is you have to throw out the letters to the churches in the book of Revelation where the risen Christ is explaining his displeasure with some of the churches, but he's also explaining his pleasure to others. I think that some of us think that God can never be satisfied. And what does he say to a bunch of poor people here who gave a little bit of money? He says, you have done well. You have done well. Remember the widow's might? Oh, the Pharisees coming up. Oh, look at my money. Look, hey, everybody want to see? You know, up. move the thermometer on the wall. I'm here, right, with my donation. And Jesus is like, oh, that stinks. And then some widow comes up and puts a couple pennies in. 
And he just grabs the apostles and he goes, did you see that? It's like heaven stopped for a minute. Did you see that? And so here he says, you have done well. Remember when the Bible speaks, God speaks. That means the smile of heaven is upon these people. And listen, I want that for everyone in this church. I want the smile of heaven upon every person in this church. I want for all of us the fellowship of generosity. You've been listening to Changed by Love, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our hope and prayer is that all of our listeners would grow into committed followers of Jesus Christ. And we're overjoyed to play whatever role we can in helping you mature in your faith. Would you like to know more about us? Maybe you'd like to pass this message on to a friend or family member. If so, go to our website at www.changedbyloveradio.com. Maybe you have a question or need some guidance. We don't want to replace your pastor, but we are here to help. It's so easy to contact us. All you have to do is call, click, or write. Our phone number is 973-659-3380. That's 973-659-3380. Our email address is info at changedbyloveradio.com. And our mailing address is changedbylove, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. You may be surprised to know how excited Pastor Jim and the Changed by Love radio team are to hear from you. In fact, it's common for Pastor Jim to pass on your encouragement to the congregation here in New Jersey, since we consider all our listeners part of our family. That's all the time we have for today. Our sincere hope and desire is that you will join us again next time on this radio station as we continue teaching the Word of the Lord. We here at Change by Love pray God's best to each and every one of you today. Until next time.